This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This, this is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Lindsey Patterson, Mike Santagata here. Mike, what's up? Not much. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, uh, I, I, so what's weird for me is I feel like I'm, 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 this isn't like a, uh, what's up thing, but yeah. I really like the games on, on Saturday and Sunday. I had a really good time. And I feel like, I, yeah, great games. The only one that wasn't a good game was that, uh, Ravens won. And I thought it was going to be after the first yeah, half, you know, we both did. Poor Bills, yeah. Well, uh, that too. But <laughs> um, yeah, I had a really good time watching the games, and I, I just feel like <laughs> I don't know if people enjoy football anymore because <laughs> I go on Twitter and it's all about like what does this mean for Josh Allen's ranking in the quarterback pantheon, and uh, like, oh, Jared Goff's not throwing the ball downfield; he's not actually good. This, it's I, I, who cares? Who cares, man? <laughs> like, let's start out with the Saturday games and we'll get to Sunday and then we'll kind of give a little, Hey, the, these are the matchups, but we'll, we'll do predictions later in the week. Saturday's game, uh, watching it at first, when you look at the Texans and the Baltimore Ravens game, it, when you play the Baltimore Ravens, maybe it's because we see them two times a year. You only get so many possessions. You're not going to, it's not going to be a lot of back and forth. They are going to be able to drain the clock. They obviously have a threat at quarterback and Lamar Jackson, what he's able to do on in the air and on the ground. Um, and they weren't going to get those opportunities in the second half. And it was almost at a point where you've got to score a touchdown. Now you cannot go three and out. You can't settle for a field goal, but early on, it felt like the Texans defense was putting pressure on them. Yes, they, they were the number one seed. They haven't played for a couple weeks, and I'm sure that could be a little bit of a factor. But I thought, you know what? They can take advantage of this. But at the same time, that Baltimore Ravens defense, it might lead them to the Super Bowl champion. Or they might win the Lombardi. Uh, they're two wins away, so it's not really going out on a limb here. But their defense is legit. Um, that matchup versus Kansas City will be something. But I think, you know, just watching them, the players they have on that side of the ball, um, they made it really difficult for C.J. Stroud. And it was almost like, oh, okay, 
this is going to be different. This is this this team is going to be tough to beat uh, for any of the teams left in, in the playoffs. But what were some of your takeaways in that game? I mean, I thought both sides of the Ravens were pretty dominant. Yeah, uh, I, it was tough. They they definitely on that defensive side made things real tough for that Texans offense. Something mm-hmm. I thought was interesting: the Texans tried to go heavy the entire game, twelve personnel, thirteen personnel, two tight ends, three tight ends, whatever. And they have a fullback too. They'll use. So they brought in some twenty-one type of personnel. Just you know, we're gonna go heavy. It forced the Ravens to try to get out of this nickel. They didn't leave nickel. They didn't leave nickel. They didn't even bother leaving too high either, and they still stopped the run. So <laughs> once that's happened, if, if that's what's happening, and this happens to the Bengals against the Ravens too. You, you yeah. can't run the ball despite whatever you're trying. Now, the Bengals don't go heavy, not at often at least. They don't. If they do, it's you know, 12 personnel, maybe an extra offensive lineman, but they're not able to run the ball that well either against the Ravens, but they're usually spread out. And they actually were running the ball pretty well against them the last time before Burrow went down. But, I mean, once that happens to you as an offense, I feel like you're kind of done for outside of a quarterback having like a Tom Brady, Peyton Manning type of game where he's just going to make the right decision. And and Joe Burrow's done it too. Uh, Just make the right decision the entire way down the field and just slowly carve them up because they're taking away your explosive plays. When Mm -hmm. you can't get them out of that shell coverage – they're going to take away all your explosives outside of creating something crazy, which Stroud did a few times. Yeah. They're going to take that away. So what do you have as a passing offense? It has to turn into, and you can't just stick in quick game because then they'll start jumping things. But can you just five yards, seven yards, six yards, five yards, five yards, six yards, like the entire way down the field. Mm-hmm. And can you do that and keep up with an offense that is scoring a lot, but that's what becomes difficult too. When their defense wasn't giving them, many opportunities either they tried to blitz the ravens quite a bit but the ravens at first i felt like didn't do well but then they found the answers and it yeah they they, that was a very dominant performance now the thing about the color of the logo for the super bowl is the color on the bottom has won each time nobody's mentioned this because orange was on top blue on bottom for or yellow whatever it was for the Bengals rams and then yeah. it was <clears throat> green on top red on bottom for eagles chiefs so this one is purple on bottom oh i know just prepare well, yourself that the script hasn't hasn't lied yet well i can say i do think that the next one is has a little bit of orange in it um but maybe they already have it out Maybe it's just so people aren't freaking out about this. Maybe it's just Photoshop. Um, (laughs) but I will just say right now that would be painful, and we'll get to all of that. And I know everybody feels a certain way, and I know you can feel so it just it absolutely is the worst case scenario of an AFC championship game. Um, but we'll get to all of that, and it it should be a good matchup. I don't know. I I don't want to get too much into the preview, but I just Kansas City, I will say this about Kansas City, their offense looks different so far the last few weeks than it did during regular season. And Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. Travis Kelsey, getting him involved was absolutely huge. What felt like it felt like a different kind of year for him. I just don't know if they're going to be able to match up with that Ravens defense. And they haven't seen each other that much, you know, over the last few years, or I guess they, they did see each other in the postseason, but you know, once, Man, have they? I'm not, I'm not, 
maybe. And if obviously, they, if they matched up, it was at a time when I feel like it was two completely different teams because they haven't matched up the past couple of years in the postseason. Yeah. And the Chiefs are a different team now than they were even a little bit. Uh, no, no, this looks like their first postseason matchup. That's wild. Um, but yeah, I'll just say right now, I mean, I'm not going to give my prediction too. I'm not going to give too much away, but I just, I don't know. I, I just don't think that this is a different kind of Chiefs team overall. And Baltimore Ravens, they're just, they're the number one team in the NFL. They just are. And it, it honestly would be a disappointment if you're the Baltimore Ravens and you don't win at all because you are so talented on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I mean, part of it is also just, I, I don't know. <laughs> it's so hard to win at all. <laughs> if they make it there, I feel like it's fine. But, uh, yeah, if they are the favorite, I think. They demolished two of the teams they would play in the Super Bowl. I just uh, – the Texans were the – Probably the easiest team in the playoff remain. Well, the Bucks weren't. They were eight and nine. Bucks, scrappy. So they're scrappy. I think. I mean, the Texans are also a good team. I just Chiefs in the playoffs a little different. So all right. I hope that's right. Honestly, I, I feel like if you lose to the Chiefs at any point in the playoff, well, not any point, but in like an AFC Championship game. I don't know, because like, if I if I was the Bengals and they were the number one seed and they hosted the Chiefs, I don't know if I'd go as far to say it was a failure that they didn't beat them and make the Super Bowl just because they've been such a dynamic. It's it's like whenever in the two thousands, if you hosted the Patri- if you hosted the Patriots mm-hmm. in the championship game and you lost, is that really a failure? Maybe I think the Chargers considered it one. Didn't they fire a Schottenheimer after that happened to him? Yeah, but what if you're the Cincinnati Bengals who have had success against them and you feel like you can match even even with the Tyreek Hill. The the year they had Tyreek Hill, the Cincinnati Bengals beat them to go to the Super Bowl. Um and, you know, credit to Patrick Mahomes. Like I said before, I think he is a different animal when it comes to playoffs. When it is postseason, even though most of his receivers let him down, you have Rice who is emerging and going to be a star receiver for him for years to come. Travis Kelsey was a big deal in that game. Obviously, he's always going to be a Hall of Fame tight end. Um, I like Pacheco, but I don't know if they're going to be able to run the ball. I'm not trying to get too much into this matchup. But for me personally, sitting here recording this on a Monday, it is really hard for me to take the Chiefs in that game. Um, just with the way the Baltimore Ravens have been playing. But I, I agree with you. I guess when you look at the remaining teams in the AFC, when you think of who Baltimore would have matched up with, the Bills, they deal with a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Um, it could that's have been when, a shootout. That's got to be one of the biggest takeaways is just, like, be healthy, right? Like, who who are the major injuries for the Chiefs, Bills – or the Chiefs – sorry, not the Bills had plenty. The Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, and 49ers. Tooney, Tooney is one to watch. Um, yeah, yeah. But I meant, like, going into – like, like going right. into the playoffs. I mean, what – Tony and Sky Moore being out probably helped the Chiefs. So, yeah, he's, he was an MVP for the Bills for Tony even being on the other side of the ball. You, you're like that guy's never getting the ball again. Um, but uh, the Ravens have had injuries, but I mean, they have Lamar. But... Lamar's healthy. You know, they've a lot of their main pieces are healthy. It's not uh, Roquan on the other side of the ball. Yeah, I was trying to think of the secondary. I know Marlon Humphrey was injured going into that he's, game. I don't. Their remember. backup is. Just as good. Yeah. So they're doing a good job overcoming the injuries. But when I look at some of those teams, I, I've thought about this ever since I learned, like, when the Chiefs and Bucks matched up 
Mm-hmm. I think it was the Chiefs and Bucks. Going yeah. in going into the playoffs, they were the two healthiest teams. Now the Chiefs got injured through the playoffs, I believe. The, the, and the, oh, Bucks, I... the Bucks won and they were the most healthy team in, in the league. It's kind of like in my mind, that almost changed it into, you know, we talk all this about all these different ways of like what can they do to put themselves over the top? You know, they keep getting near it, but not winning. It's like be healthy. <laughs> the Chiefs and Chiefs and Bengals, or the the Rams and Bengals, when they played, they were the two healthiest teams, pretty I think. So, yeah. or at least top five. So, like you're not facing these major injuries. That's why when we talk about like backup quarterback and quarterback, it's like your quarterback goes down, you're not winning the Super Bowl. You're I mean, not. The Eagles did, but the, that's so different. You know, most teams like 99 percent of teams won't, yeah. even if they are a great team. So. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I I kind of flipped all over the the division around and previewed a little too much of the AFC championship, which we'll get to all that later this week. And I'm actually excited to talk about that matchup, um, even though it's not the best case scenario for Bengals fans, (laughs) but we will, we will stay on Saturday's games. Um, I agree with you after being kind of an underwhelming wildcard weekend, pretty much only getting one or two good games. We finally got three out of four. I'll take it every day of the week when I just want to watch playoff football. Um, you look at the game on right after, oh my gosh, I'm losing my train of thought on who even played on Saturday night. Oh, Packers in, in the Niners. Packers 49ers, yeah. One of the best games of the playoff weekend. And honestly, if you are the Packers, I know they were going in playing with house money. But if you watch that game, there were so many opportunities to put the game away and to lose that game, even though it was the number one seed against the 49ers. There's a there's a whole breakdown of that game. It was absolutely insane. One of my favorite divisional round games. And I feel like divisional round is one of my favorite playoff weekends. And it really was it might be the best weekend. It when might the be. football's good. Yeah. Especially, I mean, Sunday was back-to-back great games. But, <clears throat> yeah, the, I mean, when you're watching 49ers Packers, it was weird. It, I felt like that weather with Brock Purdy's inability to kind of play well in the rain, it really gave the Packers a chance to ruin everything. And mm-hmm. even though the Packers, they wouldn't be favored next week, they shouldn't have been there. You know, like you'll hear that with being a seven seed. And they're just young, inexperienced. That was kind of a shot. If I was a Packers fan, man, it's hard to be upset on the way like that game went. That game went in um, in San Francisco. But when you get that close, that's how I feel like it hurts you as a fan. Because you, you if I was a Packers fan going to that game, I'm like, we're going to lose. Yeah, they'll yeah. lose who cares? Like hopefully it's competitive. And then for it to be that competitive and that close, that's where, Oh man, even though I thought they'd lose, I I didn't think this would happen. I thought, you know, like I thought they even had a chance to win it and go to an NFC championship game. And Packers fans know how hard it is to get to the NFC championship game and get to the Super Bowl. I mean, Rogers made it to one Super Bowl and Mm -hmm. he's a great quarterback. So stinks, but yeah, the four, the 49ers, I mean, best team over. I wouldn't say the best team in football just because we, we've watched them a couple of times, Phil. I mean, goodness, you look at them in the AFC North matchups. It's absolutely crazy to see how that worked out. The Baltimore Ravens, the Cincinnati Bengals, they even lost to the Cleveland Browns. Um, so just overall, they're going to get that home field game and, and they're going to play the Detroit Lions. And I want to talk a little bit about Sunday's games. 
there's a lot of reaction right now about Josh Allen. I want to connect it to Joe Burrow because I do think it's a little wild and crazy. Uh, but we'll talk about that next on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. Sunday games, 3 o'clock kick, the 6.30 kick. Absolutely beautiful. I loved everything about it. Um, it's over just in time. You get some afternoon football. Who's going to the NFC, AFC Championship, and the Lions and the Bucks. Same thing for the Bucks. It felt like they were kind of a house money team. Baker Mayfield earned him some money. I think he's going to be with the Bucks. Good for him. Uh, the way that they they were able to play. They had missed opportunities. I feel like a lot of his receivers drop a lot of the footballs. And yes, he made that mistake of throwing the interception at the end. But at the same time, um, it was a really fun matchup. And obviously a big deal for the Detroit Lions fans. They're going to the NFC Championship game. I think that they can give the Niners a test on NFC Championship weekend, even on the road. Um, obviously going to be on the road for, for Jared Goff and, and the Lions, but I think it, it'll be a good matchup. We'll get to that preview later this week. But overall in that game, what did you think about the uh, Detroit Lions? Um, <clears throat> I thought the offense struggled a little bit more than I thought they would going into the game. I feel like it got better as it went. But I remember early on I was thinking – <laughs> They did the thing I hate. <laughs> they took the ball after winning the toss and then oh, went three out. What? Did the Texans do that too? I don't remember if the Texans did it. I know that the Lions won the toss and took the ball and then went three and out immediately. Never. And it was it was just – and then Baker threw a pick, so like, it didn't matter too much. Yeah. But uh, that, that that's what I hate. And then the Bucks got back in that game because they went down the field with two minutes left scored that touchdown, got the ball back. And it's like, yeah, that's that's why you kick. That's why you defer. Sorry, you don't kick. That's the stupidest thing. Everybody talked – man, this is such a sidebar. Everybody was complaining, like, stupidest rule in sports about the touchback thing. The real stupidest rule in sports is that if you say kick instead of defer, you have to kick both halves. You have to kick to start the game and kick at ha after halftime. That's the stupidest rule. Get rid of that. Nobody would ever choose that. <laughs> no, that's true. No, I agree. And we'll get to the other rule rules that'll probably change uh, going into the off season. But yeah, I mean, the law. I I don't know. The NFC just feels so different from what we see in the AFC when it comes to to quarterback play and just overall. Um, not even trying to be you know a downer on Brock Purdy or anything like that in Jared Goff, but. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what this matchup looks like. Uh, but the Lions are moving on to the NFC Championship game. Any remaining thoughts on the NFC? Yeah. Um, so, let's see. I think it was awesome to see the Lions offensive line work like that. I think that Penesul. Sure looks awesome. It does. <laughs> what, what a, what a, every time this happens, like what a debate between two possible, what looks you like right now, future Hall of Famers. <laughs> Could you imagine if both get in the Hall of Fame? Same class. That'd be fun. That would be kind of cool. That would, I feel like both teams 
I think both teams made the correct decision. I, I truly do. I'll yeah, I always I feel agree. like Jamar Chase, they don't go to a Super Bowl without Jamar Chase. I know it's so easy to point to those last few seconds of having an offensive lineman, but I, I think both it worked out for both. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, and the Lions have made the most of having Stool, which is really cool. I think that to go with all that, I mean, Jameer Gibbs is already pretty cool, pretty awesome. You he's called that. Back. Yeah, well, I was in between on it. I don't know. I don't know if I called it. I think you were. I think you were really high on Gibbs because we were. We did so many draft pods. Talked. I was already on Gibbs. My my biggest issue with Gibbs, I think, was uh, he couldn't really pass protect. Now he does. So oh. credit to whoever the Lions running back coach is and Gibbs for getting better at it. And then I felt like he wasn't a guy that you could really pound up the middle a lot and the lions don't care. They, they, they don't do that with him. They'll do a lot of designer runs. He's kind of like, um, when I compared him, I compared him to CJ Spiller and then some people got upset about it. It's like, no, no, no. CJ Spiller was pretty cool. He's kind of ahead of his time. <laughs> like I didn't mean this in a bad way, but, uh, yeah, I definitely had Bijan. Bijan was, was my guy, but you know, they both went top 10. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Gibbs. Great. Josh Reynolds. Great. Uh, Amon Ra, great. You know, like they have all these guys. Uh, Jameson Williams being used interestingly now. Uh, Sam Laporta did, can't remember, did he catch a touchdown? He, or he, he had like four catches on one drive. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. He's good. That was what I was wrong on. I don't know. I overthought that. Is <laughs> he tied in number one right now? In that draft or in general? In the draft. In that draft. Probably. Like, I think I'd rather have him than Kincaid. He's younger too. The only guys like we may we haven't seen Michael Mayer in this type of offense, mm -hmm. and he was behind Hooper for some of the year. Like the thing with Laporta was they let him, they gave him the keys right away, and they said we're going to use you. That's the Lions' coaching staff is what sticks out to me. Like they got Gibbs to be a good pass protector so he can play on third down. They see Laporta. He's not the best blocker, even with the Iowa helmet, which is, I think is what threw me off the most. Uh, but they're like, we don't need you to be. We'll use you in different ways. And it's like, not the greatest route runner. Who cares? We'll use your athleticism and put you in space. You're great after the catch, right? So let's throw these little passes and let you run. Let's work you down the field because you're, you're a good athlete. And they're just, they just find a way to maximize all these guys that they get. So that was my takeaway on that side. Um, on the Buck side, they put up a fight. Yeah. It was kind of weird. They did, you would have called the timeout, right? Even though, like, no chance at you actually winning the game. Like, but, like, well, call because you have try. to. Because yeah, you have to. Try. Yeah. <laughs> like, something weird could happen. And then you tie the game. I yeah. don't know. It's the playoffs. Like, a regular season game, I could see just kind of, like, letting that go. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even then. You still do it. Zach Taylor I prefer they it. try. But like a playoff game, it's actually that I did that a playoff game. I'd lose my mind. I'm just like, come on. I would think just so many what ifs. Like, what if this would have happened? What if, you know? But no, um, I agree. And the right tackle got roasted for when he was correct in pass protection, but like people don't care. Empty pass protection, Aiden Hutchinson left unblocked because that's what Baker's hot off of. He's the furthest away from the quarterback and they slid to the left. And then the right tackle is trying his best to check left where he sees nobody's coming into that gap. He tries to then get out to Hutchinson. So then it, it looks like he was doing the wrong thing and he gets Godicky, Luke Godicky, I think. Uh, yeah, he wasn't wrong on that. Baker was wrong on that. Baker, throw the ball away. Throw, yeah. throw the ball somewhere. 
you're hot. So you got to get the ball out <laughs> or change the protection. Somebody could have also changed the protection and left one of the backers as the hot, but I don't know. I, uh, I had a lot of thoughts in that game, but bowls still crazy. I, he entered that game. Everybody thought he was going to blitz the crap out of him. And then he didn't blitz at all. And then he started and he turned it up. It was like the first two drives, though. I think that's what threw the Lions off when I went three and out the first time. I was like, Bulls didn't bring pressure. Like, we thought he was going to bring some pressure on this. Ref. I, I think if you're the Bucks, though, I think you're in a really good position. Um, you know, there's still a lot of talent. They're young. I'll, they have some decisions to make on their roster. A lot of free agents. Uh, well, the quarterback's the biggest thing, right? Like, they'll probably pay Baker something. And that it could make or break it. Like, does yeah. Baker go back to being late stage Browns, Rams, Panthers Baker, or does mm-hmm. he stay what he was for them this season? Like that, that's all I'd really care about is the Bucks. Like the Mike Evans thing's huge franchise legend. Does he walk? I don't know. They, I think seem, back. they seem like a team that wants to run it back all the time, even though this was a team that went eight and nine, won a playoff game and then lost in the divisional round. This feels so much like, they're going to try to run this back. And I hope they do because Mike Evans is a little scary if he goes to like the chiefs. Yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with that. And I do think the chiefs will get a, a free agent wide receiver. I just don't know which one that is random fact. Um, the Tampa Bay bucks GM follows me on Twitter. Oh, so cool. I don't, I have no clue why, um, Keith Evans. but believe me yesterday, I was like, yeah, maybe the bucks will pull it out. Maybe they'll be able to, to, to get it done. I agree. I think, um, get him on the pod, but I, um, I, I good for Baker. I think the perfect scenario would have been Baker just winning the whole entire thing. I'm not going to lie. Taking the bucks to the Super Bowl and winning it. That would have just been a, a great funny story because nobody would have predicted it. Uh, but good for him. I'm always rooting for people to kind of see a turnaround after everything that kind of happened with him and the Cleveland Browns and bounce around a couple teams. Move on to the game that I think everybody was waiting for. Peyton Manning versus Tom Brady. Um, Tony Romo, a comparison on CBS, and, a, and, a, and it did kind of create a little bit of a reaction. But, look, you get Josh Allen, you get Patrick Mahomes, two games, always a good game in the divisional round. And I do look forward to that because I love the NFL. Um, this lived up to it. I think you could look at that game plenty of times and say Josh Allen probably was the best player on the field. You know, you look at Diggs, that that pass when he goes lights out first and 10, you think he's going to bring it down and he doesn't because Josh Allen goes for the kill shot, knows you do not want to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes in this game. But unfortunately, his defense failed him. His kicker went a little wide and uh, they lost the game and they just can't get over the hump in the divisional round these days. What was your reaction to that game? What a game. That was my reaction right away. I mean, like, I was soft cheering for the Bills just because, you know, they, they're a tortured fan base like the Bengals. Yeah. But the entire time, I was just like, wow, this is, this is such a good game. <laughs> you know, like, there's so much good stuff happening here. Not always the best football. I'm thinking of the play that they let Travis Kelsey go on unguarded into the end zone. But a lot of good football. And mm-hmm. – then this was the one that made me have like the reaction that I did at the start of this pod. And I, I also said something on Twitter. It was like that game ended and it felt like everybody just wanted to talk about where Josh Allen ranked. Yeah, it was, it was who cares if, if his kicker makes the field goal and Diggs catches a good ball. Like he's suddenly a top, he's right up there with Mahomes, but it doesn't happen. He's yeah. You, know, you can't put him higher than fourth. Who cares, man? It doesn't really matter. 
it none doesn't of it really matter. None of it matters. I just thought it was a great game. I felt bad for the Bills fans that one mm-hmm. that it cut to. Been there, <laughs> been there where it just feels like, oh man, can't get over this. Then you do. Then it may just happen. But yeah, this did feel like the end of a mini, not like an era, but this version of the Bills team to me. You know, like. Mm-hmm. Man, Diggs just looks like a shell of himself, not catching that deep ball. And you know, Trent Shurfield had a few other ones that he should have caught. And I think Khalil Shakir might have been the best receiver of the day for them. That <laughs> touchdown true. was insane. Yeah. The one that he caught on the right sideline, too, where he just kind of like caught it with his bicep. That was also really good. Mm-hmm. Um and then oh, he almost had that one touchdown. People have talked a lot about it, like, oh, you should have just thrown the ball to Diggs underneath. He had it. It's just his left tackle ran into him, so he didn't get everything on it, which yeah. I've been told that elite arm strength overcomes that. You you don't need to step into those throws. You could still throw it 60 yards, uh, yeah. but I guess not. I don't know. <laughs> but he, it, I respect anybody going for that shot, but yeah, I don't care that he went for the post, whatever. No. You don't want to like, get I the ball. I thought it was the right decision. Home. Yeah. You don't want to get right it back home. I mean, you, wanna, you need to score a touchdown, is the most important thing to me. It's like, gotta score a touchdown here. Don't want to tie this up and then give the ball back. That'd be the worst situation. You look at that game, uh, the first matchup versus the Cincinnati Bengals and the Kansas City Chiefs. I will remember everything about that. I didn't expect the Bengals to win that day. They were losing at halftime by 11 points, and they found a way to come back in that game. Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow and this offensive staff took six and a half minutes off the clock on that final drive because in his head, he went for he wanted to go for the touchdown, not the field goal to tie it. And everybody was criticizing him. It ended up working out because there was penalties and they had to kick the field goal anyways. His time wasn't going to expire. But he didn't want to give the ball back to Patrick Mahomes. That is extremely smart. The way Patrick Mahomes was pretty much dicing that defense that had a lot of injuries and he had his way with it. And he looked like Patrick Mahomes that we've watched in the playoffs for the last six years. Um, and probably what we might see on in Sunday's AFC Championship game. It was a battle between two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, absolutely devastating for Bills fans because they it, you really do look at that roster and you think to yourself, who's coming back? I, I, I would be a little – would you be surprised if Diggs is back? No, um, I would not be surprised just because I, I think his dead cap hit is – astronomical like he's i think it's the same as his cap hit like if you cut him you don't save any money so you might as well just run it back with him at least for next year but i could also see them trading him because i think that does lower the cap hit forever requires him i don't know his contract in and out i know that if there was no contract with this i would be surprised if he was back (laughs) but with all the barriers surrounding this uh I wouldn't be that surprised if he ends up back there. It would be more so – it would be less about, like, oh, they're just going to run it back with Diggs. It's more about, like, no, we don't have another option, guys. <laughs> like, we have to. Um, but, yeah, it, it felt like the end of, like, Diggs is, like, this great up there with the Chase and Jefferson types of Adams wide receivers out there. Um, I don't I don't know about that anymore. So, not, not that surprised. Von Miller looks like a disaster of a contract. I know he did something in that game, but but still yeah, hasn't been what they wanted. Um, and but I think at least Micah Hyde is is a free agent. Right, free agent. And, yeah, they've got a whole bunch of guys that 
possibly going to leave the team. That's why I thought mini era or this version of the Bills, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. they'll still be pieces. Kincaid and Knox, I think, are both going to be there. Allen will be there and you know, some of that offensive line, all that. But just the end of Diggs is like this key cog in the offense. That's mm-hmm. a big one. So, yeah, I sorry to the Bills. That was uh, it was a great game. But there's a there's a reason I picked Kansas City going in that game. I mean, it, it, that was what I thought in my you, head. You did. You wanted to. You wanted to be right. the person that picked the other team. It's okay. Yeah. But somebody um, had to. Somebody had to. Uh, but no, I, I, there's more I want to actually talk about with these matchups, kind of going forward. But let me ask you this before we get into that conversation, because you did bring up the quarterback uh, reaction right after the game, and it is a little wild, but. Who do you think has the best had the best chance of beating the Baltimore Ravens? The Bills or Kansas City? Kansas City. That's how I felt. So for me personally, and and we'll get to you know previews what's going to happen on Wednesday's podcast. It pains me with all of my heart that I need Kansas. I want Kansas City to beat the Baltimore Ravens. I can handle Patrick Mahomes being the top of the top quarterback, and even if he's able to get another Super Bowl, whatever, it really doesn't bother me anymore. If you feel like you have your franchise guy, you have your guy, you believe in your guy, your guy will take you there. I don't know if I can deal with the Baltimore Ravens Super Bowl before Joe Burrow's Super Bowl. Even though I know they have them. I know they have them. Believe me, they they will remind you that they have Super Bowls. Um, so I kind of, when I was watching that game, I kind of wanted Kansas City to win. Oh. Yeah, I, I guess I could see how you got there. Logically, I don't agree with it, <laughs> but it means uh, it did. Me, no, I, if Lamar wins the Super Bowl, I don't really care that. Actually, the one thing it would help is I've seen that stat about like no quarterback head coach combination has won a Super Bowl if they've been together for five plus years or whatever. How many, how long has Lamar been with uh John Harbaugh? Has it been five years or is oh, it, it six? Has to be. It has do to be. To, do we have to change that? Do, do we push it back <laughs> another? Actually, I meant six years. <laughs> um, I'm gonna check right now. One, two, three, four. This is a six year. Six year. Because I think those arbitrary things are stupid sometimes. Like, if Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow don't win the Super Bowl next year, does that mean they never win one? No, I don't believe that. No. Yeah, that's, that's where I am. Do you, do I think that only uh, Tony Dungy could have won that Super Bowl with Peyton Manning? No. <laughs> like, I don't know. There's yeah. So that's where I was. I, I know we're all, everyone's going to feel so different. At the end of the day, I just actually hope the Lions, even the 49ers, they wouldn't bother me if they won another Super Bowl because they have so many ways. So whatever, it doesn't bother, it, it wouldn't affect me. Uh, but the best story in the NFL would be the Lions winning it all. So I, I'm still kind of hoping that happens. I just don't think the NFC matchups will be good against the Baltimore Ravens or the Kansas City Chiefs. So um, it does feel like the AFC is going to come out strong and, and win the bowl no matter who oh. they play. Um, breaking news on the pod. What? It, I'm, I'm making sure this is the real Tom Pelissaro. It is Brian Callahan hired by the Titans to be their next head coach. Okay. Well, we will be in our next segment talking about Brian Callahan on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. <laughs> We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati. I have Mike Santagata, also known as Adam Schefter, breaking news on the podcast <laughs> today. We were just going to talk. I just got a bunch of notifications at once. And then I, I was like, okay, I got to check this. <laughs> and then 
Like, you oh. know what? I, I will say this, and I will say this. Brian Callahan, news coming out. Tom Pelissero of NFL Network. Uh, we did check for the blue check mark. Brian Callahan. Well, that doesn't help you. I saw 600,000 followers. So that's true. That's true. Always click on the count. Uh, Brian Callahan, the Cincinnati Bengals offensive coordinator, it has finally happened. And I think he landed in the best possible spot when it comes to some of the interviews that he was taking. He is going to be the Tennessee Titans next head coach. So the Bengals uh, losing one. Zach Taylor's coaching tree is growing. Good for Brian Callahan. And as sad as it was for Joe Burrow to get hurt, I feel like Callahan got this job because of the work they did with Jake Browning, where when you're not the play caller, but you're the offensive coordinator, I feel like it's hard to establish that you should be hired. You think Mike McDaniels like that and there's other guys, but what separates you? Like, how do I know it's not just the quarterback? Well, quarterback got hurt. The offense was Awesome at times, not every time, but awesome at times. So I think that certainly contributed to this. To this, um, but yeah, I think Brian's gonna be a, a good head coach. I've always liked. We've talked about he's too honest and open sometimes, um, but I think that's a good quality. To be honest, <laughs> I, too many honest in there, but uh, yeah, I and I think he's smart. I think he he'll make a good head coach. We'll see though. Yeah, I, there's a lot that goes into being a head coach. There is. And the Cincinnati Bengals will actually face Brian Callahan on the road next year when they play the Tennessee Titans. So that'll be a a fun matchup. But I agree with you. I think the opportunity really showed what he was able to do in the quarterback room. I don't think we see and appreciate all the things Brian Callahan does behind the scenes when you have guys like Zach Taylor, who's the play caller, and you get, well, he doesn't call the plays. What does he do as the offensive coordinator? Game planning, everything that goes behind the scenes. I'm sure Joe Burrow would have plenty to say about what Brian Callahan and this offensive staff has been able to do. Um, gets criticized a lot when it comes to this offense and, and being able to um, – when the Bengals offense is struggling, you always hear them criticize Zach Taylor, the play calling Brian Callahan. And and I don't think Brian Callahan really got enough credit while he was here. Um, I'm, I'm really excited to see what he's able to do. The Cincinnati Bengals will now need to hire their offensive coordinator. I feel like it's going to be an internal hire with Dan Pitcher. And yeah. honestly, a hot candidate right now who's going to probably get more OC interviews. There was a report last week that he was going to interview for the New Orleans Saints offensive coordinator position. Um, he interviewed for the Bucks last year and a young offensive mind who's worked with Joe Burrow for, for a few years now. And I think that's going to be extremely helpful. Uh, depending on what they do with Trey Walters, if he stays as a wide receiver coach, if maybe he gets interviews elsewhere. But um, I kind of feel like this is good news for everyone involved. Bummer that Brian Callahan's gone. I will say this because I, I actually would love that Brian Callahan's back. But I think when it comes to we pretty much felt Brian was going to get the job with all of the interviews, the second interviews. He had the in-person interview with the Titans today. So that's a very quick hire. Maybe when he was there, he signed on the dotted line. There were reports he was going to meet with the Panthers for the second time this week. And the Titans probably thought we're not going to let him leave town. But for the Cincinnati Bengals, you don't want to wait and you could lose your internal hire as your as your offensive coordinator and Dan Pitcher. Um, so they're able to probably make that move. They haven't made it official and it hasn't been complete. Maybe they have other guys in mind, but it just feels like that's where they're leaning when it comes to his replacement. And we don't have to wait for two to three more weeks for everything to become official. Yeah. I mean, this is good for the Bengals that he's one of the first ones hired, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because now, now you don't need, there was that like 1% chance of like, 
oh no, pitcher took an OC job and Brian hasn't been hired yet. Then Brian gets hired and that's like, what do we do? This is like a very clear, what do we do? Promote pitcher. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe it's Cragthorpe that becomes a quarterback coach and then you find some assistant out there to take Cragthorpe's job. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's not a job you need to back. They, they really like him. They, yeah. their internal staff, they're young offensive minds, and the Cincinnati Bengals really respect those guys in the room. So I wouldn't be surprised if everyone just gets a little bump when it comes to the staff and and to be determined on, you know, if they they, I I, I don't know what the rest of the picture looks like, but I I think the Bengals are in good hands when it comes to the the, the people who are in the room when we'll, what we've watched this season with the offense, what we've watched over the last few seasons with this offense are still going to be there. You're just going to be losing a really great offensive mind in Brian Callahan, but also happy for him. And it could help the Bengals. He might Fresh ideas? No, he could steal Bill. He could, still be, he could steal his dad from the Browns, I think. I love everything about that because that was actually a topic of conversation from some NFL national media members. They said, well, if you're the Cleveland Browns, are you saying we're going to give you this amount of money? But if you're, if you're Bill... You're like, I have all the money in the world. They've probably been paying them pretty good money. Unless it's a promotion, they can block it. But I yeah. would also say I think they won't block it. Because so you know. mess with like a coach's ability to go coach with his son, that feels like the most – Cleveland Browns. Like, <laughs> no, I wasn't going to say that. I was going to say that like you're going to lose some motivation, I think, from that coach to want to you know do his best at your – establishment and the Browns were actually looking at um, an offensive line coach they as were. their offensive coordinator position. So I wonder if they were kind of like silently preparing for this possibility. So we'll see. It doesn't no say if it happens for sure or not, but uh, yeah. I, and I actually also think the assistant Scott Peters, if they just promoted him, I think he's a heck of an assistant offensive line coach because I've watched some stuff from him. Mm -hmm. and he's been with bill a long time so that would make a lot of sense too but yeah I, I, that could help though that could help that they that if he steals his dad away uh and I like mean, you mentioned I, I did want to talk a little bit about it, i think this was the best out of the opportunities he had yeah maybe so, depending on if that atlanta one was real i think there's a debate between the falcons and titans about which one i'd rather have i think you there's still hope with will and you still have the talent around. I mean, I like some of their – Derek Henry, I want to say he's a free agent, but there's still a lot of um, offensive weapons. You you still have some of your trenches on the defensive side of the ball. It still feels young core. And I don't, I don't know. I, I think if you're looking out – Atlanta, it just feels like they're going to hire a really experienced head coach. But you don't want to go to the Panthers. It's just – No. No, that's why I said, like, when we talked about that earlier, it was like – yeah, unless you love Bryce Young, like that's not a job for somebody. <laughs> like yeah. if I, if you got to choose, but yeah, it. I think it's a good hire, and I think he. It'll be interesting to see him work with Levis, who I don't think has done any of the spread stuff. That in my mind, like we don't exactly know what Brian has done for the Bengals, but in my mind, he is the guy with the most history with the architecture of the spread system that the Bengals are running. So I think he put a lot of ideas into that, yeah. but. Well, I don't think Levis ran that because I think in college he was running the skin Guerrero wide zone under center, almost Shanahan McVay type offense. And then last year they weren't running a spread system for him. So 
are they going to try that? Or, you know, Brian does have experience other places. It'll be cool to see. It'll be interesting to watch. I think we now have a clear contender for T Higgins, uh, possible trade and or free agency next year. And Hey, I'm not against it. I, I and uh, I don't even want to get that's his home that. state too. That's where T Higgins grew up. I'm just saying, I, I would love to send T to some team that I feel like there's still hope for him, like help for the team that we're not sending him to the Panthers. We're not sending him to a team that is going to get one to two wins a season. I still believe in the Tennessee Titans and I think they can put up a fight in their division. Uh, but that's a whole nother discussion as we get into the franchise tag talk, which will be happening really soon. And um, other things when it comes to, you know, Joe Mixon, what the offseason looks like, but Brian Callahan, Hired, according to NFL Network, as the next head coach of the Tennessee Titans. Really happy for him. And by the time we record again this week, I have a feeling the Cincinnati Bengals will be making their announcement for offensive coordinator, unless they're having a few guys in and doing some interviews. Um, but wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, I mean, they could probably promote pitcher in 10 minutes. Right. No, I'm waiting for like the press release to come through and see if there's any announcement. But um, I wouldn't, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if that was in his contract extension last year. You know, yeah, yeah. Be the next one. This is why we want you back. They they gave him more money to come back, and mm -hmm. um, I think they truly value what he's been able to do. And and credit to pitcher too with what Jake Browning, what we saw from Jake Browning. I mean, he's for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he, I mean, Jake Browning's quarterback, so getting him to play well was. Uh, Awesome. And, and I mean, look, Peyton Manning, I think that offense and the Brady offenses in the mid 2000s, they used to be like a head coach factory. If you mm -hmm. worked for one of those two teams, you would eventually get a head coaching gig. And that could be the Bengals. If the yeah. pitcher, you just put in a year or two and you might be off doing your own thing somewhere. And it's just kind of constantly churning it in and out. And that's why some people get nervous about hiring these defensive minds and these CEO head coaches, but why, also, the Bengals hired the offensive line. I've seen all the uh, thoughts about like, ah, Zach Taylor, this, Zach Taylor, that. Is like, what, how are they going to weather the storm? This is the idea on weathering the storm. It's Zach Taylor's offense and Zach Taylor's play calling and everything to go with that, that it shouldn't be an issue. But yeah, I'm really happy for Brian. I think he'll, may, he'll do a good job in Tennessee. Uh, some of that's going to come down to Will Levis, I guess. But they have a high draft pick. They've got, I think, yeah. all their draft picks and some cap space. So he'll be interesting for the rebuild. Only thing is, I don't think I would have wanted to be the head coach after Vrabel compared to being the head coach after, like, Arthur Smith. Yeah, that is kind of a different – that is a little bit of a different turnaround. You're going from Vrabel to this offensive mind head coach. So we'll see what it looks like. And then I think another thing, not to – as we're wrapping this up, because this happened at the end of the podcast, one thing you have to watch out for is your offensive coordinator hire. Is he going to bring one of the Bengals coaching staff members with him? Yeah. Well, I think that we talked all the a ton about like pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't be that surprised if he ends up taking Walters as his offensive coordinator. That would be another good hire. That would yeah, be it. especially if Brian's going to call the plays. And that's what I thought about with Walters possibly being promoted if pitcher in Brian got hired. It's like it's a jump for sure, like being the offensive coordinator versus the wide receiver coach. But it's not the crazy jump where not only are you being an OC for the first time, but you're also going to call plays. If Brian's going to call plays, 
that might be a good way to go. It could also be how he gets Bill to leave Cleveland, but I don't know. Or you can tell Troy Walters, hey, we're going to give you a promotion, assistant, offensive coordinator, wide receiver, coach. (laughs) Wow. I think I'd rather be a full offensive coordinator in that situation. Maybe I just don't like pressure. Maybe I wouldn't want to just have all the pressure being an offensive coordinator, which I would be just really cool chilling as an assistant coach. But uh, Trey Walters is another underrated underrated piece. And and, and if he goes to, to the Titans, good for him. He really deserves it, what he's been able to do with the wide receiver group. But we'll end it here. Brian Callahan getting that head coaching job after all of these off seasons wondering if the Bengals were going to lose a coordinator. They lost Brian Callahan first and um, a season after not going to the AFC championship game, but uh, good, good for him. Well-deserved. And um, hopefully he succeeds in Tennessee. We'll have plenty to talk about later this week when it comes to maybe the offensive coordinator replacement will be official a little preview for championship weekend and what is going to be on all Bengals. Got a linebacker piece coming out. Just haven't done it yet. Uh, I've got all the film watched. So just and video's done. I just need to write it. Make sure you check that out. All Bengals. Follow on Twitter, Bengals underscore Sands. You can follow me at LNDS Patterson. Thank you for listening to It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati.